Do you think people can hear us? I'm hoping. I'm hoping they can hear us. They heard the <laughs> they heard the intro and they heard the commercial, so they didn't hear anything about the Dodgers and Pirates, which is a good thing. We had uh, dead air to start the show, but hopefully everybody can hear us now, uh, which means we're about to do two segments in one here. Um, first off, we'll start with a little bit of Raiders. It is now Tuesday. Five full days have passed since Colin Kaepernick had a workout with the Raiders. Does that mean he's not signing with the Raiders? See, I didn't think so because I thought they'd go through um, OTAs and, and mandatory next week before they before they'd make a decision to see, really okay. see what they got. I di- I, I didn't think they were going to sign him right away, but if the reports were true that it was a good workout and they were open to things. I think they'll reintroduce it when they're through with mandatory next week. I really thought they'd go through both. So do you take that, like that idea there would be they're going to go through mandatory uh, mini camp and see what they have and be like, oh, this Stidham guy's not good right. enough. It's like, so that would be the, the right. logic. That's there. what I think. Okay. Um, that makes some sense. I I don't know what I expected in terms of when he would sign because there was the Mike Florio had the report that there were two other teams that were interested in working out Colin Kaepernick. That hasn't happened yet. Nobody else has worked him out. Um, So my, my initial thought was like, Oh, work out for the Raiders. And if they don't sign him right away, then Then, he'll go work out for somebody else. But we haven't seen that either, which is, I don't know. Interesting to me in terms of uh, we talked about it last week. Is this, a legitimate workout? Is this a favor from Mark Davis? Is this an attempt to get publicity? Whatever. Like, what's the real reason behind it? I kind of was guessing another team would end up working him out, but that hasn't happened yet. So I'm I'm curious what happens here because yeah. I can't I can't imagine they go into um minicamp here and then walk out of it thinking this Jarrett Sidham guy's not any good. Like they had him McDaniels had him last year. Yeah, if there's year. anyone on the roster he knows, he knows him. Right. Now, maybe they view Kaepernick as a third guy, and they say, oh, this Nick Mullins guy isn't any good, and we're going to sign Kaepernick, and we're going to you know, – he'll compete with Stidham for the backup, but it will be the number three guy. Maybe that's what they do, but I can't imagine they would have – I can't imagine they wouldn't know what Stidham is. I have to feel they know exactly what Jared Stidham is. They just traded for Stidham after he was his coach for the last few right. years. So I have to imagine they know what Stidham is. And if, if that is the scenario that takes place, that it's more about Kaepernick as the number three guy, um, which I guess would be interesting. But granted, you don't usually have that three active quarterbacks. Usually your third guy no, is an inactive, inactive quarterback. Inactive for the game. Um, but maybe the Raiders use a roster spot on a third quarterback during the season. I don't know. Maybe they would do something like that, but they've got 72 running Maybe they running bring backs. him into camp, let him play in a few games, and then see what they have. Right, and maybe there is a legitimate competition. There is the other scenario, and this is why, another reason why I thought he would work out for another team. You get into camp, and let's just hypothetically, Nick Mullins isn't very good, and Jarrett Sidham gets hurt. Even if it's just like, minor Jarrett Stidham injury, right? Not doesn't even have to be season ending just a, Oh, he might not be ready for week one. Do you go back and sign Colin Kaepernick then? Right. If we get into August, whatever, instead of has a, a foot injury, that's going to hold him out for two months. right? Right. Do you go back and bring in Kaepernick? Then that to me is what makes a lot of sense where surely Kaepernick is good enough to be the backup. When your backup gets hurt. I have to imagine that's the case. He's probably better than that, but has to be at least that good. And that's where I kind of thought, somebody else would work him out because if you're an NFL team, I can understand not saying, Hey, 
Colin Kaepernick, who hasn't played in six seasons, we're going to sign this guy and let him compete or be the starter. But for your backup spot, I if your backup gets hurt, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you go after him? At least or look at, least at bring Colin him Kaepernick in. and yeah. be like, oh, yep. well, this guy actually is yeah. solid to be. like." So that, to me, is where it would sort of make the most sense if you're the Raiders or, honestly, any team in that regard where, hey, your backup has a minor or season-long injury. Yeah, Colin Kaepernick right. can be the backup quarterback. I, He's got to be good enough to be the backup quarterback. I don't oh, think yeah. that's much of I a question. I think he has to be. So that's what's made the most sense to me. But granted, that means we're waiting until August right. for somebody to end up signing him. But if if nobody else works him out, he's not signing with anybody no. except the Raiders. Except the, right? Ra- except the team that worked him out. So... That's we- I, it's it's a weird scenario because I just assumed he'd have another workout by now. I ass- were the I- two teams Seattle and did Florio think- report which teams they were? I know Seattle's talked about it. In Seattle's the past. Seattle's been the one that you've heard most of, except the fact Drew Locke is now throwing perfect passes in OTAs <laughs> with no with no with just a helmet and shorts on. They can't bring in. Kaepernick. They can't bring in not not when Drew Locke <laughs> throwing perfect passes on the C- Seattle Seahawks videos that they send out each day. I how much are they trying to justify they that? They are guy? like this Drew Locke guy. What a superstar! I honestly thought the Raiders were going to like break the seal on Colin Kaepernick. I thought more teams would do it, but do you think we're going to look back and it's the Raiders were the only one? Oh, there's a very good chance. Look how long it took for one team to try him out, and I think a lot of we we talked about it afterwards. You know how much was it, Mark Davis? You know asking. You know, I don't know if there's other owners out there asking their GM and their and their and their head coach, "Hey, can we work them out?" I mean, Mark Davis was easily the most outspoken owner when it came to supporting Colin Kaepernick. Maybe this was, "Hey, can you do it?" You know, I don't know if it's do me a favor, but I, you know, if you're new in town and you're the new guys and the owner asks and like, "What's the big deal? We work out like McDaniel said, we work out guys all the time. Let's bring them in. Let's watch, let's look at them." If that was the case then I don't think there's much hunger to work him out by many other people. Yeah. Because once the first team does it, I think it's easier for the second and third teams to do it. Once someone right. took the plunge. That's what I thought. It's like, well, these guys the worked them out. Why don't we work them out? Right. Because as soon as the Raiders, did the Raiders even get significant blowback, blowback from no. this? Like, I know people no. on Twitter. Whatever, well, but I like mean, fans on Twitter, so you, didn't, you can't, you can't uh, worry about that. Um, they were going to get the blowback. But no, not from, I don't think they got blowback from the league. Yeah. I don't so, think anyone said anything. That's the interesting part. I do wonder if Mark Davis walked into McDaniels and Ziegler with Jarrett Stidham's career numbers, which is two <laughs> career touchdowns and four career interceptions, and said, all right, this is our backup. You're bringing in Kaepernick to at least look at him. Come on, bring him in here. Like, la- the I last mean, couple of years, it was Marcus Mariota, who you could reasonably right. say, oh, okay. Yeah, he's been a starter. He had some success. <laughs> just every, Just one day, Davis is like, hold on, our backup is who now? This guy who's thrown 48 career passes? No. <laughs> Listen, you guys better bring Kaepernick in and at least look at him. Like, right. you're not selling me on this Stidham guy until you at least look at Kaepernick. So, I don't I don't know what happens, but maybe you're right. Maybe they get through uh, mandatory minicamp. And they say, this Nick Mullins guy's not any good. Right. Maybe they say Stidham's not any good, though that would be weird. And they said, all right, let's sign Kaepernick and see what he's got in August, see what he's got through training camp and the preseason. Yep. And maybe he beats out Stidham. Maybe he's the third guy. Maybe he gets cut. Would it look bad if they signed him and cut him before the season started? I mean, I, I just I just don't think so because they're the only ones giving him a yeah. chance. And I, I have to imagine. They're the only ones, you know, bringing him in. No yeah. one else wants to, if they, obviously. If they signed him 
and he was with the team in the preseason. He'd actually play in preseason games. Right. Which and, you'd have to play him. We'd get a chance to see, oh, he sucks or, oh, he's right. fine. Right. And like, if it's, oh, if he, he sucks, sucks, then, and you cut him like, okay, well, let's move on. Right. Now it would be, it might be bad if he was like significantly Good. better than Stidham in the preseason. And then they cut him. And then they cut him and kept right. Stidham. Then you might be looking around saying, all right. I know we shouldn't read into preseason games too much, but what are you doing there? Right. Like, it's Jarrett Stidham. Mark Davis might come down and be like, what are we doing? Right. Who is Jarrett Stidham, and why do you like him so much? <laughs> be great. All right. A little bit of an odd transition here. No break. But the best story over the weekend. Oh, over the weekend. The best story. Of the year? Maybe the year. Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson. Um, so what you have here is two Major League Baseball players. And in Friday's game between the Reds and Pirates, before the game, during, you know, warm-up, batting practice, Tommy Reds and the Pham, Giants. Yeah, sorry. Reds so you have Reds and uh, Giants. Tommy Pham walked up to Jock Peterson. They apparently had a short verbal argument and then slapped him in the face. It led to, I don't know if it's benches clearing when it's during warm-ups, but it led to everybody's teammates running out there. Nothing else really apparently happened, but we have gotten tremendous oh, detail from incredible. Peterson and Tommy Pham about why this slap happened. Jock Peterson said that last season he was in a fantasy football <laughs> league with Tommy Pham and I'm assuming other major league right. baseball players yes. and Jock Peterson said that during the season, he put a player on injured reserve. If you're unaware of fantasy football rules, um, if you have a player on your fantasy football team and he is hurt, he is out, you can put him on injured reserve and you can pick up another player that's not on anybody's team at the moment. So he put an injured player on injured reserve and picked somebody else up. Apparently, Tommy Pham accused him of cheating and stashing players. That is not cheating or stashing players. That is completely legal. Um, I think almost every fantasy league does this. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. No, but apparently, especially if the guy's been ruled out. Right. But apparently Tommy Pham did not like this and was very Apparently didn't angry. know the rules. Yeah, was very angry. In the group text message of the players in this league, this is apparently what Tommy Pham actually ended up getting the most mad about. Jock Peterson is a part of this argument about whether or not he was cheating. <laughs> Sent a gif and it was three weightlifters and superimposed on the weightlifters. One had the Dodgers logo, one had the Giants logo, and one had the Padres logo. Because Which, last who, year, Tommy Pham Tommy was on the Padres. Right. Jock Peterson was a giant. Um, and Jock Peterson posted this gif. And the Padre weightlifter drops all his weight. So basically as to imply, hey, this the Padres suck, right? right. Joke They're 30 it. out. And Tommy Pham apparently got extremely annoyed by that and thought that was disrespectful. And to the point where Tommy Pham held on to this for like five or six months until the next time he saw Jock Peterson, approached him about it, and then slapped him in the face over it. Incredible story. I want Jock back in the Dodgers. This was absolutely hilarious. And I'm, I'm, I'm all Jock. I'm Jock, uh, hashtag all Jock. Um, <laughs> the 
one thing we haven't mentioned there is Jock Peterson took a screenshot yes. of the rules and sent that out <laughs> yes. and said, I can do this. <laughs> and the fact that he showed the gift to reporters, waited around for reporters to yes. come out the other day <laughs> to show the gift, hey, you want to see this? And, like, hold out his phone. I want that guy back. He he was he, he this was absolutely hilarious. And Tommy Pham, what's going on with Tommy off Pham? A little weirdo. What I think he doing? left the league. Yeah, that's that might be the weirdest he, part. He well, left he the, league the league in the middle of the is, season. In the middle of the come season. Come on, man. Who does that? Nobody does that. You you're, you're messing with everyone else. So, all right, I've got some important questions here. First off on the Jock Peterson side. Do you blame him at all? for sharing exact messages from the group chat with the media. <laughs> How many group chats are you in? Oh, several, I guess. You mean for work and stuff? Any Anything at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Four or five? And how many of those would you feel comfortable with showing messages from that chat to the media and effectively the entire world? Zero. Right. <laughs> and how would you feel if somebody else in one of those group chats showed messages from that chat to the media and the rest of the world? I'd be pissed. So I think there is the one thing Jock Peterson did wrong was showing like, hey, here's here's the group chat. You can look at it yourself. I would not be happy if I was in that group chat with Jock Peterson. That's the one thing that I think he did wrong because like you, I'm in group chats, even just the one with my family. I'm like, yeah. but the gif was hilarious. The gif is hilarious, but I'm like, nobody needs to see that jock. You can verbally explain some stuff that's going on there, but right. you don't need to hold your phone up to cameras. We don't need that. So when's that... the last time any kind of professional athlete handed his camera <laughs> or handed his phone over to a reporter? I mean, it's can incredible. you imagine that? It's incredible. So I love that part of it. The other part that I don't quite understand they they say Tommy Pham left this fantasy football league in the middle of the season. What did they do? Yeah, what did they do with the team? What happened I guess to that it, team? I guess did they just here's like, the thing on Yahoo. Well, the leagues I'm in and the leagues you're in, you have to set your lineup. Yeah, every week. So I have no idea what they did. What if his lineup was just set each week the way it was, and now he's beating people? I or mean, you're, or it, you're playing him because his quarterback got hurt and his two running backs are on by and he scores seven points in a week right. and you get a free and win. You like, win. He just left the league? That's what I said. He, he, before, he's, he's kind of screwed everyone else. Like, I, that part of it I don't get. Like, if you want to, if you're going to leave the league after the season, okay, yeah, you're, yeah, sure. Whatever. Don't you're play, don't play in the next irrationally year. Irrationally angry that Jock Peterson used an IR spot. But, like, I, I don't understand leaving the league in the middle of the season because I assume his team still existed. What I mean, you can't just yeah, eliminate can't, a team. You can't right? eliminate a team. I, I mean, guess I don't they think could, they allow you to do that. I, don't, I guess you could forfeit every time his team was supposed to play, but then you're just giving free wins to everybody who. I, I've got to be honest with you. I wouldn't even know how to tell Yahoo to do that. I think commissioners can go in and and change oh, results can? if they. I need should to. know that I'm the commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never had people leave in the league right, in the middle of the season. I've never had to do something right, like that. Because you normally, at the very least, you play it out, suck it up, and finish it out. And here's the other part I'm curious about: Did anybody else use the IR spot for that entire season? I mean, I don't know about I mean, your leagues, but my leagues. Yeah. Uh, hell, my league has two. I, we've had two IR spots for the last two years because of COVID. Because we we added an extra right. one. You get a guy who tests positive for COVID. Well, at, we've had two IR spots, yeah. and like. Every single team in our league uses at least one of them. Hell, I go out of my way to use both of them at all times. It didn't appear Tommy Pham was that up on the rules of fantasy football. <laughs> that he maybe shouldn't have even been. Although, 
sometimes you want someone like Tommy Pham in your league because he doesn't yes. know the rules and his team's probably not that good. Yes. Like my uh, the league I play in is a keeper league, so you can keep guys right, in the next year. The the first player that was picked up after our draft and players went through waivers or whatever was Travis Etienne stashed in an IR spot because he was going to miss the whole year. But it's a keeper league, yeah, so you, you get him the next him year, yeah, the next season. Him. Like and like multiple guys in my league do that, and I've never been slapped across the face because no. of it. <laughs> no. Have you ever said what uh, what Fam said? Oh, this is a little weird. Okay, so Tommy Fam quote. There was too much money on the line. He was messing with my money. I'm a big dog in Vegas. I'm a high roller at many casinos. What? <laughs> Danny, your mic does not work. <laughs> not at all. Try this mic really quick. Does this mic work for you? Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, yeah, there hey, you go. There that I mic am. is broken. Is it plugged in? I don't know. We'll we'll get Jared over <laughs> well, if he comes back to work. <laughs> looking not looking great over there. No. All right. What was your point? I don't know. Okay. All right. All right. We got the mic working. Good, That's perfectly good, good. What does him being a high roller at a casino have anything have to do no with fantasy with football? This. I mean, he's messing with my money. I mean, they're major league baseball players, so who know what the, who knows what the entry fee was? I mean, you know, they're most of them are millionaires, so they're not what your entry fee is or my entry fee is. No. Um <laughs> So maybe it was a lot of money, but I just think, I just think Tommy Pham comes off as a complete buffoon here. Um, I slapped Jock. He said some bleep I don't con- condone. I had to address it. What? I mean, it's it's the greatest story of the year. I mean, I, I can't believe there's a better story than this. And Jock Peterson, with the weird hair and the sidewards baseball cap oh. showing. What what is he okay. doing? Jock no, Jock Peterson is a superstar because he is like his demeanor and his tone was incredible because he got slapped in the face and you can tell that he doesn't even believe that this is the reason why he got slapped in the face because he's just standing there like 2 days later. Yeah. In like waiting com- for the reporter. Still in disbelief right. like you said with his weird looking blonde hair, his hat on sideways and just sort of monotone Here's the gif I sent. I'll show it to like on uh, superstar performance. I thought the next day from both of them, because Tommy Pham got suspended for three games. I thought the next day is like, this is over. We're done. But Jock Peterson he just, kept coming back, he waited for the reporters to get there. It's like, you guys coming over? I know you're talking to the losing pitcher now, but I'm over here like waving at him with that weird sidewards cap. I love the guy. I hope he's back. Trade for that guy. All right. Coming up next, David Roth joins the show. We're on one. I lost count. Dishwasher watch. David Roth from Defector is with us on the press box. Subscribe to the distraction on Stitcher and use the promo code distract for a free month of Stitcher premium. All right, David, you are the perfect guest for this topic. Is Tommy Pham insane? Yes. Great question. Uh, he's a he's a big dog in Las Vegas yes, and a high yes. roller at many casinos. I know that that's going to be difficult yes. for some listeners to hear because maybe they watched him get in a fight with a baccarat dealer or something and <laughs> felt a personal connection to him. I love that story. I I wasn't going to like 
suggest that we talk about it, but I saw the little promo tweet for today's broadcast, and it's like, <laughs> it looks like a boxing poster, and it's got Josh yes. Peterson on one side and Tommy Pham on the other, and I was like, yes, I'm ready. <laughs> Let's do it. It's my favorite sports story in I don't know how long. I, I love oh. every single aspect of it. I'm I'm Team Jock, and yet Tyler brought up a good point. Let me ask you this, because Jock waited around for reporters the other day with that weird sideways cap and that nutty blonde hair of his, um, and actually, as you probably know, showed the gif of the Giants, Dodgers, and Padres with the Padres falling down. So was that his one misstep? Do you show Do you show a gif of a group chat to reporters, or is this just a culmination of like the greatest story of the year? I mean, you absolutely don't show your group chat to. I mean, to anybody. That's like Omerta. That's I'm not like a big bro code guy, but I put a bunch of stuff in group chats that I don't want held up to like some guy from the Athletic being like, "You think he made a spelling error here?" So we all made fun of him for it. Like, don't do that. But that whole it, at that point, the story was so far gone that like the fact that he was dressed like a like a cartoon baby like yes. didn't even register yes. with me until coworkers were like, "Is he wearing overalls? Why is he wearing yes. overalls? Yes. He's grown." It's a backpack thing, but it was like, I, as I went back, it was like, yeah, the little hat, he looks like uh, baby Huey. It's incredible. <laughs> but the, the thing that I was saying to my editor-in-chief about this, and I think it's the thing that I, I'll give Jock a pass on that for this reason. I have never seen, not just an athlete, I don't know that I've ever seen a more forthcoming and honest interview on any topic <laughs> than Jock Peterson was with that. Like, it was, he seemed like the ultimate trial witness because it was like, he did not need to be led. Like, they were like, was there some conflict? And he was like, all right, so Jeff Wilson was getting most of the touches that week. This is after the Raheem Moster uh, injury. So he was, it was kind of a timeshare situation. Like, it was incredible. And he seemed... Like, not, like, embarrassed by any of it, which is no. fine. You know, Jack Peterson's whole thing is not being embarrassed. But, like, he was offering 300% of the necessary information throughout, and I admire that. Even, like, you can question his judgment, but you cannot question uh, that he is a real one in that regard. So my thought process on why he was so forthcoming was even two days later when he ended up showing the group chat – I think Jock Peterson still doesn't believe that he got slapped in the face over an IR spot in fantasy football, and he just had to prove not only to the media, but also to himself that this was actually happening. I absolutely agree. I feel like I would do the same thing, and there's very few moments where I would put myself in Jock Peterson's shoes and be like, yeah, I get it. This is what it's like to be Jock Peterson. (laughs) It's really weird that that happened, like especially... The idea of getting accused of like stashing guys on the IR, like every league that I've been in where there's anything that looks like fantasy IR abuse, it's because some guy got real busy at work or they just had a baby and he just stopped updating his team. <laughs> but even if you were trying to stash guys, you're stashing Jeff Wilson. This is like, with no disrespect to Jeff Wilson, who did have some good games last year, like this is the third running back on the 49ers, and you're just like, well, what if somebody else wants him? Yeah, like, I, it's not that important. Just sign, try Kyle Juszczyk or something, whatever. Like sometimes he catches the touchdown pass. Like relax. The one thing that came out of all this, and then Fam, which really I think upsets all fantasy players, quits the league in the middle of the season because that's just a nightmare. Is that the yeah. big dog doesn't know about fantasy football very well? No, I think that that's the part of it where, especially like he got like out logic. He got out lawyered by Jock Peterson, by the man that looked like a giant baby. Cause he was like, you have it. Look, you did it. You did it yourself on another team. Like this isn't that hard. And then fans response was basically like, I'm going to remember this and slap you in 20 months. And also I quit the league right now, which is, 
I mean, I've been in leagues with people that I have, you know, that have been asked to leave or just like sort of subtly not included on the we're doing it again emails the next year. But I, yeah, I mean, it makes sense with Tommy Pham. That's like, he's, he's a good baseball player. He's also like a guy that gets in kind of a lot of fights for a grown up. Yes. You know, most people have, uh, you know, you get one of those every, uh, every decade at the most. Tommy Pham is like, whatever, every third road trip, there's some sort of incident where he like body slams an off-duty cop, and then it's like, it's about respect. And then it just goes away, you know, which is the advantage of being a major leaguer. Uh, we are making the assumption this was the first time Tommy Pham ever played fantasy football, right? Kind of has that feeling, although it's like the other thing that I, from – I haven't gotten an exact figure on it. This was an insanely high buy-in lead. It was like a like $100,000 prize or something mm. like that, right? Like I'd seen that number someplace. And this is very ethical reporting on my part. So the idea of like your first fantasy football league and you're like, how hard could it be? What am I going to do? Lose $25,000? <laughs> like I would, I would get my feet wet. I would do a mock draft on Yahoo. I would maybe play with some friends from home for a little while before I decided to risk a mortgage. A fantasy football league, but that's, uh, I guess that's the difference with, I've never even made the major league minimum. So what would I know? It definitely has that feeling for sure. Quitting the league in the middle of it is like even accounting for the Tommy fam factor, which is that like we're dealing with a true blue maniac here. And so you got to adjust your priors a little bit. That's just not done. Like you can't do that. He was, and he was 0 5. Know, he doesn't seem like he knew that. Was he? His team had to have been 0 5. There's no way, even if he's mad at Jock P, he's not quitting if he's like 4 and 1 at that point in, yeah. the, in a fantasy football league. He's he's complaining yeah. that he had his money stolen from him. Right. If he was like 4 and 1, he had to have been like 0 and 4, 0 and 5. Right. And this was a partial that, mad at Jock Peterson, somebody, mad that your team sucks yeah. quitting. Yeah. As someone who had Saquon Barkley as a keeper last year, like it's not like I didn't think about it. You just can't do it. But there was a part, you know, where you're looking up at like one in three and you're like, well, we'll be back in a month and a half. And at that point, you know, maybe Daniel Jones will be back as well and they'll be at full strength. Like I, there was a part of me that was just like, yeah, maybe you could get into transcendental meditation or something. Like it's surely not going to be worse for you than this. But yeah, I, it does have a real sort of a first timers. I would love to see. That's the part that if Peterson is willing to, go out there and continue to put his league's business in the street. Like, let's see the draft results. <laughs> I want to see Tommy Pham's draft strategy. And like, what was his, did he, was he long on Matt Ryan for some reason? Like he just doesn't follow the sport very closely. Like, tell me more. Oh, I think, I think right now, Jock would just pull it up on his phone. He would. Yes. If you I asked just, him, he'd show oh, yeah. you the entire league. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's already like, once you're getting to the point of like, you're mentioning the waiver wire chum that everybody's fighting over in week seven. There's clearly no secrets with that guy. Like, I feel like you could ask Jack Peterson anything about any topic, and he'd be like, you know, that's really interesting, actually. I do have several phobias. I'd love to detail them for you right now. Always hated alligators. I've uh, been afraid of sharks since I was a child. But he's, there's, it's an open book. So, yeah, let's, let's find out a little bit about uh, what, <laughs> what mistakes Tommy Pham made in the draft that led, that was the butterfly flapping its wings in Tokyo, and then the, uh, the result of that is Jock Peterson getting slapped in the outfield during batting practice. All right. Which player in the NBA finals is most likely to slap somebody else over fantasy football? Over fantasy football. See, that's interesting. I was going to say that if the Heat had made it, it would be Udonis Haslam because that's basically his job at this point. Doesn't have but to be over fantasy like... football for Udonis Haslam. It's no. just overlooking no. Slapping Draymond Green. Yeah. See, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I was kind of hoping, like, the Heat, 
the use of of Udonis Haslam at this point in his career, it's like they obviously can't tell him to retire. He doesn't want to retire. Everyone's afraid to be like, you know, maybe you could transition into an assistant coaching role because he like likes wearing the warm ups and telling people that they're <laughs> tying their shoes wrong and stuff. But they would put him in a game to give a hard foul on Draymond Green. Like I think if he asked, they just say yes. <laughs> At this point, it kind of feels like Draymond is the guy that would do something like that. I mean, I feel like Marcus Smart's also a very principled guy, but he's he's uh, played with a little bit more interiority. Like Draymond is is not that far off from uh, slapping someone over. Uh, I mean, maybe over fantasy stuff. He's. I feel like he's a guy that's gonna, especially now that he's got his little podcast going and stuff like that. He's going to pioneer new frontiers of beef in the next few years. There's going to be things that you never would have thought that NBA players would get mad about. But I feel like but both... it's going to be like somebody like dissed him on TikTok. He's <laughs> going to get mad about it. Right. Like both Draymond Green and Marcus Smart seem like they would comprehend an IR spot in fantasy football, though. Yes. Like they yeah, wouldn't get mad over this. Yeah, you need to. Have, what you need is like a like a Hassan Whiteside mentality, like somebody who's like. <laughs> Very like maybe they're competitive, but also they're not detail oriented, and so it's the sort of thing where that combination of you have to get really mad about it. You also kind of have to not know what you're mad about, and that is like a really potent uh, like opening position for something like that. Haslam is a guy that would slap people just on principle, but that's like I don't even it doesn't matter. I mean, for him, like it's not even like manipulating the IR. It would be like if someone drafted a kicker too high, he would respond that way. All right, David. He's David Roth from The Factor. Uh, we appreciate <laughs> Thanks, it. Guys. Perfect story for you. Thanks, David. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, it's it's my honor. I have fun talking about this <laughs> all the rest of your show. So there is David Roth from Defector on Tommy Fam and Jock Peterson. The only bad thing about this is that it happened on a Friday of Memorial Day weekend, and we had to wait like four yes, days to, to talk actually about talk it. about it. Yeah. Like this, this should have happened like first week of July. When there's no basketball, and there's, there's no to hockey, there's right. just baseball. You do a whole show on it. If this happened first week of July, I mean, hell, we did it the second topic of the show right. today. If this happened first week of July, we would do three we hours. Three hours. On this. Open we, the phone lines. We would be we would be guessing at Tommy Pham's actual roster and how <laughs> bad it was. No doubt about it. All right, coming up next, we're going to do a not fun soccer game. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. The Champions League final was played over the weekend. Real Madrid beat Liverpool 1-0. Did you see what happened before the game that led to a delay in the kickoff of over 30 minutes? I did not, but I am now reading about what happened. (laughs) So this is the biggest sporting event Mm -hmm. In the world that happens every year. I guess the World Cup and the Olympics are bigger, but those don't happen every year. This is the biggest sporting event that happens every single year. And the start of this was delayed by half an hour. Like, imagine the Super Bowl starting (laughs) half an hour later. That's effectively what happened here. And I'm still kind of confused as to exactly what happened here and who is to blame. Because... The ultimate reason the game was delayed by half an hour is because Liverpool fans were not able to get into the stadium or a lot of Liverpool with fans tickets were not able to get into the stadium. And it gets confusing trying to figure out exactly what happened and what the blame is here, because 
you have a lot of Liverpool fans that were basically reporting or claiming whatever that they were like getting to the stadium two hours ahead of this uh, game starting and that they still didn't get in on time and that they were being bottlenecked and that they didn't have, they only had like two gates that were open for them to get into like a lot of complaints from Liverpool fans about the organization of stadium security to get Liverpool fans into the stadium. But then you also had a lot of videos of Liverpool Liverpool fans jumping fences, running through barricades to get into the stadium in what was definitely not the supposed way you were supposed to get in, uh, not the official way to get in, breaking in in some instances. UEFA came out and said, that there were tens of thousands of fake tickets that caused problems, that people showed up with fake tickets when they tried to scan them to let them in, they wouldn't scan. And that caused a lot of problems and a lot of delays. You also have Liverpool fans that uh, said a lot of them got uh, pickpocketed or jumped by local people in France. This, this game was in Paris and, uh, that they, what was the other thing that they reported? I can't remember. Oh, and that locals were the ones that were rushing in and jumping fences to get into the game without actually having a ticket. I don't actually know where the majority of the blame should fall, but it was a disaster of a scenario that led to the police ended up tear gassing Liverpool fans. They well, were trying to get in. Shouldn't the first amount of blame be to whoever only allowed for a few entrances? And so that's the part that I'm confused about. Did they start off with only a few entrances or were there enough people trying to jump into the fences and get in? Were there enough people with fake tickets that they said, okay, we can't handle this at multiple places. We've got to shut down. These and only days. go a couple places to get in. That's the part I don't know. Did they, there's, cause here's, here's the detail that seems bizarre to me. I haven't seen one report of a problem that Real Madrid fans had. There, I have not seen one thing of Real Madrid fans had a problem getting in. Real Madrid fans didn't have had fake tickets. Real climbing Madrid fences. fans were climbing. I have not seen one report of that, which is, it, I guess it's possible, but to me it seems so bizarre that like Real Madrid fans would have perfect access to the stadium and they would say, nope, only two gates for Liverpool fans. Okay, so people who don't know about this very much as you're explaining it, would there be a reason that would be the Liverpool fans who, quote unquote, not got screwed, but they they took it, you know, they, they, they only allowed for a few entrances to them? Or was it just Liverpool fans probably being completely rowdy and wanting to get in? I don't know. I will, I, I don't know. I will say, Is there something about Liverpool? English soccer fans do not have a good reputation. So it is that possible, I know <laughs> it is possible that before the game, they said, Hey, we expect these, this group of fans to be rowdier right. and misbehaving. So we're going to cl- clamp it down. That's possible. But I, I, I don't know why there would be zero. And the other part of it is like the reports of people of uh, French locals, like jumping fans, like the athletic had a story of like a guy with his wife and his 18 year old kid got jumped by uh, people from France, right? I don't know why French people that were going to try to rob fans going to this game would only target Liverpool fans well, and not Real Madrid I don't know fans. why both fans, is it, isn't it like a normal sporting event where both fans go in the same entrances? No, so 
That, that's it's very split. Like you buy tickets in your team sections and you go in that way. Y- yeah. Your entrance is that half of the stadium or whatever it okay. is. I'm sure like towards the middle, it's a little bit more mixed in terms of there might be some Liverpool and Real Madrid fans sitting together or neutral fans that are just there. But for the most part, it's you're on your side. It's very segregated. Here's the Liverpool side. Here's the Real Madrid side. And you enter on different sides. Maybe they just completely screwed it up and screwed Liverpool fans from the beginning. But I just, it's weird to me that there were zero reports or problems from Real Madrid fans. And it was a nightmare for Liverpool fans. It just seems very bizarre that that would have been the setup.